We're going to read verses 1 to 4 in 2 Timothy chapter number 4. And uh, we'll get into our sermon for this morning. I hope you came with a heart that is prepared to hear from the Word of God. Amen. Amen. If you come with a heart that is prepared, then you'll be willing to endure the whole sermon and, uh, and not be drifting, no matter how long it goes for. Verse 1, Paul says to Timothy, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant, in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Let's pray. Father, we do come before you this morning and thank you for this portion of scripture. We ask and pray, dear God, that you bless it to our hearts. Ask and pray, dear God, that you bless it to our hearts this morning and that you'd encourage us. I pray, Lord, that you subdue the enemy in every form it manifests itself in this church, that the word of God may have free course and liberty in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. In our passage before us, the Apostle Paul is encouraging a young preacher to be faithful in his culture that is so fickle and temperamental. A culture that is so quickly uh, uh, departing from the truth they once embraced. And we also live in a fast-changing culture in regards to innovation, technology. We see it advancing rapidly, but in regards to uh, morality or truth, we see it on a decline. And so uh, several weeks ago, I preached on the two determined disasters and I touched on the first one, which in the last days leading up to the second coming of Christ, there'll be a people that will have a form of godliness, a growing number of people that profess religion, that profess uh, to be religious or know God, but rather live a hypocritical life. A growing number of people would be professing people instead of regenerated people. Paul gives a lengthy detail list which characterizes this growing culture that is self-ish and uh, that is simply exhibiting a self-centered, greedy, rebellious attitude laced with hypocrisy. He says in verse 1 of Timothy chapter number 3, this know also that in the last days perilous times uh, shall come, Men will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fears, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, and he says from such turn away. Today we'll look at the second disaster, determined disaster. When I say determined disaster means that it's prophesied by the Apostle Paul that this will take place. And this will take place in the leading up, if you will, of the second coming of Christ. There will be a growing number of people that will know Bible truth, come to the knowledge of it, listen, and then reject it. They'll, they'll turn their uh, ears away from it. They would rather uphold fables than facts. They would rather turn to lies than the truth. And we see that growing uh, in our society very rapidly. Verse 3 says this, for the time will come, and I believe has come. 
I believe we, 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 we live in that day. And, and, and this is no doubt referring, I personally believe, to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, when he says, Know this, Timothy, that in the last days perilous times shall come. I believe they're both connected. That you're going to see a growing number of people that are living in hypocrisy, professing religion, claim to know Jesus, sing the hymns, go to church, but they live a sinful lifestyle and you're going to see them depart from the truth. They go to churches that are not preaching the truth. They rather go to churches that uh, you know, have the Bible but preach lies and, and get things out of context and twist. And, and, they, and, and, and they sit under it and they endure it. They endure and tolerate error more than truth today. And I believe we're living in that day. Paul wrote to Timothy under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, not knowing when that time will come, but believing that it may come in his generation. Believing it may come in his lifetime. Paul was under the inspiration of God. He, God moved him to write these things and prophesy that they will come. So you, Timothy anticipate that coming. And there's no doubt he would have seen, even in his day, a number of people turning their ear from the truth and, and being professors. But we live in a day where it's growing rapidly. I mean, we have a smorgasbord of, of uh, t false teachers today and you don't have to look too uh, you know uh, hard to find them they're everywhere and so we can confidently predict that we are living in those days we are living in those days where we see people professing godliness but not living godliness people are rejecting simple clear plain Bible truth and as a result our society has become so wicked than it's ever been so dark so let's face it our society is not getting better it's getting worse and this is the whole prediction technology is good innovation you know and all the rest of it but morals ethics uh Loving the Bible? Forget about it. We have a growing society where people embrace lies instead of the truth. And the reason why is because our nation, and I'm going to stick just to Australia here, our nation has moved away from Christian and godly values because we have ungodly leaders. Have a look in Proverbs 29 too. When the righteous are in authority, the people what? Rejoice, but when the wicked bear rule, the people mourn. And they don't know that. You know why people are so depressed? You know why people are so dissatisfied? And, you know, and, and people are just uh, wanting to uh, die or people just wanting to give up and have no hope? It's because of our leadership in our society that are making rules and regulations and precepts that go against God's word. For example, abortion. The killing of babies in the womb is fully, listen, fully legalized from 2022 last year. Fully re legalized in every state. It's been fully legalized starting in the Western Australia in 1998, listen, 24 years ago. That's not long. They were once against killing babies in the womb. But now they're for it. 24 years ago it began in uh, Western Australia. And last state to legalize it was South Australia in 2022, a year ago. Killing babies in the womb, murdering uh, infant babies. Come on. I mean, we are desensitized to it. We are desensitized to this 
uh, clear shedding of blood of innocent people, which the Lord hates. And our culture accepts it. Same-sex marriage. This is where a, uh, simply a man marries a man and a woman marries a woman, if you don't know what same-sex marriage is. You know, when that was legalized, on the 9th of December 2017, only six years ago, only six years ago, our, 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 our Australian leaders have embraced it. Uh, what about the closing down of churches? Oh, it was temporary. Really, temporary, permanently. And either way, two years ago, they shut down God's institution called the church. Think about that. And it's only a, it's only a pretext. It's only setting up the stage for something that is absolutely growing and sinister in the background, and it's coming. And the second reason why our nation, Australia, has moved away from Christian values and godly character is, is because of this. Because because of the leadership and because of our ungodly institution and wickedness is rampant and look at this in proverbs 29 16 when the wicked are multiplied transgression what increase because of our leaders leading people astray and people submitting to their precepts we have a majority of people now accepting it and they grow and so sins abound but the righteous shall see their fall. In other words, people that love the Bible, love the truth, stand for the truth, will one day see their fall and it's coming. The Bible says, let not your heart envy sinners, but be down the fear of the Lord all the day long, for surely there is an end and my expectation shall be cut off. So I want to just simply say this, I want to, I'm preaching this sermon here so you don't fall prey to the current culture that is so, you know, uh, far from the things of God and drifting rapidly. I'm preaching this so you can see the symptoms and the disgraceful attitude of those professing believers that say that they know God, they know the truth, departing from it and you don't go down with them on the slippery slope. Because that slippery slope is very fast, I'm telling you, it's, it's rapid now. 20 years, 20, 25 years ago it started sliding even worse when we see these things come to pass. These things that once our, our Australian nation was against, now they're for. You say, well, they're just little things. No, they're not little things. They're big things. When Sodom and Gomorrah is legalized, you are in trouble. It's only history repeating itself because Israel put up with it. They encouraged it by their rebellion against God. They were just like the Sodomites themselves because they embraced lies. They embraced wickedness. They made excuses because of the wicked kings that were supposed to be righteous in their day didn't make a stand. And those that did would face serious persecution. And that's what I believe our culture is afraid of. They fear man more than God. They fear the retribution of standing. And so they go with the current culture so they don't stick out like a sore thumb. Because when you do, you're persecuted. You go against the narrative, you go against uh, the lies, then you are targeted. Who wants to be targeted today? Who wants to be persecuted? Falsely accused? But I want to give you three main things from our passage today that characterize someone who's on the decline to destruction. That's what's happening. And I'd like you to take note that you don't become a statistical full prey to it because you will. Anyone 
that rejects truth will fall prey to the current culture and will end up being destroyed with the ungodly. I'm telling you. You say, can it happen to a professing believer? Well, listen, at the end of the day, a professing believer would exhibit characteristics of a godly character that would exhibit someone that loves the truth of God's word and cannot be an apostate. Can they backslide? Yes. Can they get back on track? Absolutely. But we're talking about a high volume of people that have come to the truth and turned their ears away from it and not believe the truth and follow the truth. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction and many enter in. Narrow is the way that leads to life and only a few there be that find it. Only a few. Don't be a statistic because you can. You can be a statistic. You can be one of these people that goes down with the current culture, resist the truth. And I want you to see what kind of characteristics they have. Number one, people would not tolerate truth. They hate it. Number two, they will, not, they, they will trust false teachers. Number three, they will turn to fables. And let's look at the first. People will not tolerate truth. Verse three, for the time will come when they will not what? Endure sound doctrine. To endure means to tolerate or to put up with or to carry on with. And so Paul says to Timothy, uh, there are people that will not endure or tolerate what? Sound doctrine, which means that with teaching which is healthy and wholesome, teaching which refers to Bible truth. In, in simple terms, this, people uh, that would uh, uh, simply turn... Uh, Turn away or not tolerate, if you will, not endure, not carry on with Bible truth. Simple, plain Bible teaching. They won't tolerate it. That's what the Bible says here. They'll be so careless about what the Bible says. They don't want to hear it. Yesterday we were out soul winning and this lady came. She's from the charismatic church. I told her about the lady, uh, women preachers. I told her very clearly that the Bible forbids it. Let me show you. I don't want to see it. And she walks away. I don't want to see it. Why don't you want to see it? Why don't you want to see the Bible? Why do you want to see what God says? They don't want to know the truth. Just in case when they see it, they become accountable. They're happy where they are and there's a reason. And I'll get, that. I'll get there in a moment. But this is a deliberate commitment. And verse 3, it says, They shall turn away their ears from the what? From the truth. It's a deliberate commitment. It, it, it is a willful attitude to turn their ears away and stop their ears from following that which is true. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to obey it. Don't want to follow it. In 1 Timothy 2, Paul encourages Timothy to pray for all people that they'll come to the knowledge of the what? Truth. And once they come to the knowledge of the truth, they must then believe it and obey it. Once they hear it, they come to the knowledge of it, they must adhere to it and obey it. But they will not endure sound doc doctrine in respect to salvation. They don't want to know anything about it. People will not tolerate the Bible that convicts a person of their sin. People will not tolerate Bible truth to say that Jesus is the only way. First Timothy 2 says, He will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man and the man Christ Jesus. You know what people are doing today? They're embracing not only... Uh, branches of Christianity like SDA and Catholicism and, 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 and JWs and the everything, everything that's on the smorgasbord on the market of Christianity, people are saying we're all Christians, we all believe in Jesus and I'm going to simply say to you, you're wrong. 
But they're not only embracing this, my friend, they're embracing other religions now. Listen, as long as you're a good Hindu and a good Buddhist and a good Muslim, we all serve one God. Rubbish. It's a bunch of lies. It's not true. But that's, that's the, this is the flavor of Christianity today. They dare not to judge. I mean, who are you to judge? That's what they say. I mean, you, you see it all over the place. But you know who God judges? God judges people based upon their free will in rejecting the gospel truth they once came to know. Second Thessalonians says, when God comes to judge and ex execute vengeance in flaming fire, on them that what? On them that what? No, not, no, not God. This is not talking about knowing God existence. This is talking about knowing God personally. I have no relationship with God. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. You can say that you know God all you want, but does God know you? Are you known of God? you have a relationship with God? Depart from me. I never knew you. Depart from me. You know why the Bible speaks about this in Matthew chapter 7, the 10 virgins, the parable, and, and all, all throughout the scripture? You know why? Because it is a reality that there's a whole fluctuation of people that are going to end up in heaven and get a shock or uh, before the judgment of God and get a shock of their life and say to them, I don't know you, depart from me because they're liars. They're fakes, they're phonies. That's serious. Those people will be judged by God because they don't know God. And look at this, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They'll be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. It's simple. Jesus is the one that can get you to heaven. He's the way, the what? The truth and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by him. Jesus isn't a way. Jesus is the way. Oh, you're so narrow-minded. He can't just be the only way. You know, Oprah pushed this. Yeah, not only Oprah, Joel Olstein pushed this. And I'm going to say to you today that he's coming and creeping in good Bible churches that now they're feeling a bit, I think it was uh, 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 one of the prominent evangelists uh, also could not, at the end uh, of his ministry, I believe, could not say that other people might be ended up in hell outside of Jesus Christ. Why? Why is it so hard to say that? Well, because our current society and culture deems you to be a bigot and judgmental if you say that Jesus is the only way. Well, I'm not saying that. Jesus said that. And we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. But how wonderful and tolerable you are under the banner of love, and that you love all men. Oh, fuzzy feeling. Oh, I'm the best person that loves all religions. And let's hold. What about truth, my friend? What about the truth of God's word? But that, you know, we don't want truth anymore. We want love. Don't we want love and tolerance and accept one another? That's what, what, that's what false teachers want to do. When you meet them on the street and you, you contend with them, they want to then lift up their hand and say, no worries, man. No, 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 no. Sorry, mate. I'm not, I'm not going to bid you God's speech. You're a liar and a phony and you undermine the character and deity of Jesus Christ. Oh, but be careful. Oh, that evangelist, the one that rebukes, he's an angry man. He's, oh, you, can't, you can't be tolerated. Uh, look at him. You should evangelize like Jesus did. Read Matthew 23. Read Matthew 23. The problem today is we don't have preacher slash prophets seeing 
the, 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 the seducing spirit of our day moving in and taking over, we don't have them. What are you thinking? We'll get to the application to the end of the sermon. Paul said the only antidote to this is preach the word, Timothy. Rebuke. Reproof. That's the only antidote. In season out, whether they want to hear it or whether they don't, whether you're popular or whether you're not, just keep preaching. I've been tempted to back down a bit. I've been tempted to say certain things that may tickle the ears of the hearers so they can come to the side of the truth. But no, you need to be truthful. You need to tell them as it is. What the Bible says very clearly, a person cannot claim to know Jesus Christ as their personal saviour if they clearly reject Bible truth. Luke 6 verse 46, And why call me uh, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say, Jesus said. They will not endure sound doctrine in respect of Christian living. So many people today claim to know Jesus but live like the devil. They live in sin, sinful lifestyle. They lie, steal, blaspheme, drink, fornicate, watch wicked and vile movies, listen to ungodly music. And the worst part about it is this. They have no conviction whatsoever and they continue to press that they know God. Really? My Bible says, be not deceived. Know ye not, the un uh, know ye not that the unrighteous should not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor idolaters, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Ye are washed. Be a sanctified, justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. When I'm dealing with people on the street, go through the law, help them to know Christ as their Savior. You know what they say to me? So you don't sin now? Oh, you, know, you don't know how many, many times people have just said that. Just... In Sydney, just, just the weekend alone. Oh, you don't, you don't sin now? I don't live in sin. I used to be a fornicator, not anymore. I used to be a drunkard, not anymore. I used to be, I used to be, I used to be. Can I fall into that? Yeah, I need to be very careful because I'm still uh, simply made up in this flesh. I, I have two natures. That's why the Bible says, walk in this fruit that you, know, you may not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I thank God that he has delivered me from that sinful lifestyle and continues to deliver me. But you want to go and, and, and say that you, you're fornicating and drinking and continue to know that you claim God. Yesterday I met a man from Newcastle in Sydney and he uh, pulled up his sleeve like that when he saw heaven and hell and I came up to him. I couldn't believe it. I met him at the back streets of Sydney and he's from Newcastle. Unbelievable. They said, I know you. You're, you're from Belmont Street. I said, another guy says, I know you from Katara. And his friend was with him and he said, straight away, look at this. I've got the face of Jesus here. And on the other hand, he's holding a bottle with a brown paper bag. I said, come on, brother. Come on. And they gave me the liberty to preach out their hypocrisy, bring it out, claiming that they all know Jesus. One said, I love Jesus. Well, if you love Jesus, do what he says. You obey him, you follow him. You're not doing it right now. You're Why is he here? He's a heave to celebrate his birthday and to live wickedly, aren't you? To, 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 come on. And they had their heads down. They allowed me to preach. They... You know, and, and they gave me a hug just before they left. But you know what? If these people resisted the truth, they would have probably stoned me as they left. Gave me an earful as they left. There's a different reactions to, diff to, to, to the truth of God's word. But majority of people in our day will resist the truth. They want to hear the truth. They'll still maintain that they know God even though they live in sin. Second, 
people will embrace false teachers. Look what it says in verse 3. A time will come they would not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they what? Heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. The same people flock to hear, flock to hear false teachers. The same people. They go to teachers who use the Bible, by the way, to undermine the Bible. It, 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 it makes me sick when I sit and watch YouTube preachers uh, uh, for the majority, you know, you might have a small minority preaching the truth, but the majority are just twisting and just tarnishing the Bible. It makes me sick to the stomach how they manipulate and twist the Word of God to deceive people. It makes me sick. They use the Bible to undermine the Bible to lead people astray. They flock to people who claim to have a bit more revelation than what God has already given them from this word. They want something more. They want new revelation. False teachers who claim that they can improve on God's word. They heap to themselves teachers. That means they gather up in piles. They go from one teacher to another teacher to another teacher. There's so many teachers. You know why? Well, this teacher here, he, he preaches that you can, have a, you can have a few drinks, you know, as a Christian, and as long as you don't get drunk. And I love this preacher because he, you know, this preacher here, he teaches just so thoroughly how women can actually preach the Bible today in, in, in pulpits. And this preacher here, he teaches, uh, you know, that, yeah, he can continue to be in sin and so forth and, you know, gain his godliness and all the rest of it. And so they go to different teachers that suit their lifestyle. That's what they do. They, they turn from the truth. They want to hear the truth. They don't, they don't want to endure sound. They don't want to tolerate truth. So they go on the teachers, listen, that will tell them what they want to hear. Why do you think we have so many churches, mega churches, that people are flocking to, not even preaching the Bible, and you have now a minority of churches all over the world that are just having small congregations, right? Preachers that are just pointing the finger instead of having a little feather like that. I mean, you, you, take, you take down the finger and you get a feather and you start tickling people. You watch the, the church, mate, gather. That's the day that we're living in. Preacher once said this, they want truth that fits their situation and makes sense for them. What they feel, what works for them, what seems compelling... That is their truth. They claim their absolute right to it. No one should ever attempt to tell them differently. They follow teachers because they are telling them what they want to hear. That's why it says here, having itching ears. Having itching ears is to have endless interest, to eager desire a new thing that will build their self-esteem, make them feel good in their sin. They're living a sinful lifestyle instead of rebuking, reproving. They undermine their sin and they build up their uh, self-esteem by pos positive preaching. So he tells them how good they are instead of how sinful they are. And they need to get right with God. They tell them how good they are and they've got the champion in them and you, you know, you're, the God, you're God's gift, you know, this and all the rest. And as a matter of fact, you're a God. God has made you a God and, and God, you know, he really needs you. You know what I mean? Without you, he can't do the work and he just, 
he just builds them up, builds their self-esteem and how wonderful and how they're useful and how God can use them and you know what, and, 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 and he's going to bless them abundantly and, and all the rest. And they're just saying, yes, give me some more. God, just talk about me some more. And they go, you know, yeah, the moment you reprove them and correct them and rebuke them and call them to repentance, oh, no, just tell me how wonderful I am. You know, it's so easy for a preacher to preach on how God loves them. It, it's, it's one of my, it, it's, I come here and I'm not bothered in my heart thinking, oh man, Lord, what, what do you got me just preaching this message? Like it's almost negative all the way through. But to the one that loves truth is positive, right? But that's how a preacher feels. If you're preaching the love of God and all the rest of it, you just, you can plow through it and all the rest of it. And that's good. I'm not undermining that. Once you come and preach a hard message on sin and repentance and wickedness and this and that, it's not easily accepted, nor is it easily preached. Why is that? Because of our current society and culture that has esteemed and lifted up wicked governments and wicked teachers. And so the righteous preacher that is still thundering and still being what God wants him to be behind the pulpit is considered to be a troublemaker and a bigot and, and, and all the rest of it that comes along with it. A preacher said they get their ears tickled with the language and accent of a person abandoning the good and faithful preacher for the fine speaker. I think that's what Peter says with feign words, flattering words. And they would rather false teachers leading them astray from the truth than a righteous preacher of the truth leading them from, away from error. That's what they would rather. You know what? King Ahab was a classic example of this. Go to 1 Kings. I want you to see this. King Ahab was a classic example of heaping false teachers around his circle, around his government, around his throne, around his rule. For what purpose? 1 King chapter 22. King Ahab, king of Israel, wanted to fight and war against Syria, king of Syria. And he asked uh, the king Jehoshaphat, which was king of Judah, if he will help him. And king Jehoshaphat was willing, but first asked the king if he asked the Lord if that's what God wanted him to do. Now that's good, isn't it? And uh, guess what? Ahab went to ask the Lord, but guess through what medium? False prophets. A whole heap of them. Why? He went to them because they, he knew that they would tell him what he wanted to hear. I want you to see it in our text in verse 1, and they continued three years without war between... Actually, go to verse 3. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, Know ye that Ramoth Gilead is ours, and will be still, and take it, not, uh, not out of the hand of the king of Syria. And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Will thou go with me to battle to Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art, my people as, as thy people, my horses as thy horses. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. And then see, so King Jehoshaphat said, I'm willing to help. Uh, what's mine is yours, as long as you know, the Lord approves of this. I'm willing, I'm willing to help. Then the king of Israel gathered who? The prophets together. About how many? About 400 men. Now, mind you, there was prophets that already, you know, tried Elijah and lost against one prophet Elijah. 
But about 450 of them, prophets of Baal that were set up, we heard last week, from Jezebel. Now these were perhaps remnant of them or even more that they had just lingering around and Ahab goes and finds them, right? And he gathers them around and, and, uh, and he says this. <coughs> he said unto them, shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle or shall I forbear? And they said, go up. For the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. They were all one voice, mind you. And the king Je uh, and Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the Lord besides that we may acquire of him? I don't know why King Jehoshaphat said that, but he perhaps found something very suspicious. I mean, you have 400 prophets saying, yes, go up with one voice. And he's still saying, is there someone else? He may detected a, something in his day that was a bit, you know, shady. And, uh, and so we see uh, in verse 8, and the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, yep, there is one man, Micaiah, the son of Imla, by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I what? I hate him. Wow. You know, mind you, let me just say this to you. There's something that resides in the flesh that hates righteous preaching and preachers. They, they just hate it. It's in the flesh. It's from the flesh. It's in our sinful nature. Read the book of Proverbs and see. He says, but I hate him. What do you hate him, King Ahab? Why? For he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but what? Evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. Oh, okay, well, you know, he, you know if I call this Micaiah, he's going to ruin everything that I want to do. Everything. It's like, it's like people today. They don't want to go to a righteous preacher that loves the Bible. They're afraid that they'll see a Bible truth that will ruin all their plans. So they go to a preacher or a teacher that will just encourage them. Oh, I believe God wants me to do this. Well, God bless you. That's wonderful. No Bible verse, no, even if they did have a Bible verse. Out of context, supporting them. Why? I just want to be loved. You know, the hardest thing for a preacher to do is to say someone that is so adamant, so adamant, right? that they're going to do something, it's so hard to say, are you sure that this is what God wants you to do? Let me show you what the Bible says in principles to follow to make sure it's the will of God. So hard. It's hard for me as a preacher to do that, especially when people have made up their mind. It's easier when someone says, Pastor, I'm thinking about doing this and thinking about doing that. Uh, do you, can you guide me through the word? It's harder when people say, I'm already doing that. Now you have to say, you just bring Bible and you have to try to encourage him. Well, this is what Ahab, you know, Ahab comes to Micaiah time and time again. Uh, and Micaiah says, no, it's not the Lord's will, here's why. This is what we get. We don't see that, you know, take place. But the narrative said, he always prophesies evil. It's not evil, it's good, but it's evil to him. Why? Because it goes against what he wants to do. It was good. Anything that God tells you to do is good. It's not evil. It's only evil when you don't want to obey it. You see. And he says, I hate him. Well, that's, that's, that's big. Uh, have a look at verse 13. They call him up. The messengers that were gone to call Micaiah spoke unto him, saying, Behold now the words of the prophets. Who are they? The false teachers 
the ones that have feathers in their hands, declare good unto the king with one mouth. They're all, look, listen, Micaiah, before we tell you this, guess what? These 400 prophets that were sought out by the king, they're all speaking unison, one mouth, they're all in on it. They said, go up the battle. Don't you, it's almost like he's prompting him, don't you, get, don't you dare go against the narrative. We're all in on it. It doesn't matter if the majority is all in on it. It doesn't make it right. What makes it right? What does the Bible say? That's what makes it right. What does say the Lord that makes it right? You know what? Our culture is rippled with the majority that is going down the gurgler. Are you telling me all these Catholics are wrong? All these Hillsong Charismatics are wrong? All these Muslims are wrong? And you, the minority Christian Bible believers, are right? It's what you get all the time. It's what you get all the time. The majority, by the way, crucified Jesus. And I'm not saying that there cannot be a majority ruling with one voice, but it has to be, thus saith the Lord. The only way we can actually be unified and have true unity is centered around the word of God. I love this prophet. Look what he said to him. <coughs> he said, uh, unto the messenger God and Micaiah, he said, let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of them that speak that which is what? It wasn't good, it was against God, it was bad. But look what verse 14, love what he said. Micaiah said, as the Lord liveth. How long does the Lord live? <laughs> He's everlasting, amen. What the Lord saith me, under me, that will I want. Amen. I don't care if it's in season or out, popular or not. What does the Bible say is what I'm going to live by. I don't care what the majority of the false prophets want to say. I don't, I don't care of what the trend of the current Christian culture say. What does the Bible say? What does the Word of God say? And I guarantee you, if you live like that, you get in trouble. You get in trouble. Micaiah had a little fun with King Ahab. Came up to him and said, what do you say, uh, Micaiah? Yeah, go up. Ah, oh. there's no way you want to hear King Ahab. Like, no, there's nothing that I could say that you'll do anyway. So why don't you just go do what you want to do? That's how I feel sometimes. Just, why even tell me? Just go and do it. You know, because you know what? We become enemies when you come and tell me. Because when I show you the Bible now, we become enemies. Why don't you just go do what you want to do? I know how Micaiah feels. Don't you worry. Any righteous preacher knows how Micaiah feels when they're standing on thus saith the Lord and not on the current culture and not on their feelings but what the word of God says. And so, notice the third point. Going back to 2 Timothy 4. People will turn to tales and fables and lies. They shall turn their ears from the truth. Look at this. And shall be turned unto what? Wow. Lies. By the way, brethren, you know our heart? It's so deceitful. Desperately wicked. You believe. You know what? Why people try to tack God's name on everything that they want to do? so they can feel good about themselves, that you know, they're doing the will of God. But they didn't study diligently, seek the God's word on the matter. So they just try to act, you know, pious. 
but really in reality they're turning their ears away from the truth. So it's, it's funny how many people embrace lies and fantasies and tales over facts. They love fiction more than the truth. People would rather embrace the fact that they came from a monkey than to accept that they were made by the master of the universe that gave them life. People rather tolerate a man uh, simply uh, saying that he's a man, uh, uh, not, not a man, but a woman. They tolerate it. You want to be a, a woman? Go for it. And the whole society encourages them now. People that have businesses encourage them. This man says he's a woman. Hey, brother, let me just say something. You'll never become a woman. You know why? You'll never get pregnant. Only women get pregnant. You can say you're a woman all you want, dress like a woman, you're a, you look like a monster. You know, anyone that goes against God's make looks like a monster. You see all these men trying to dress like a woman, they, their voice sounds like a monster, they look like a monster, and they need to repent and get right with God. But the average professing Christian says, I'll leave him alone. Love is love. That's not love. That's wickedness. That's a fable. That's a lie. That's a lie of the devil. That's not love. What about love for God and his truth? What about that? Oh, we don't care about that. You know why people want to embrace homosexuality? And they say, let him do what they want, love is love, because they're rebels. They want to do what they want to do. And then when they do it, that's when they flock on the bandwagon. So many people were against homosexuality and, uh, homosexuality and abortion. But now they're on the bandwagon because they're seeing how these people can get away with what they want to do and so they, okay, well, you know what? Let's, if I'm rebelling against God, who am, I say, who am I to say that's wrong? Right? And so they go with the flow of the culture. Instead of speaking up against it, they're for it because they're not living the way God wants them to live. That's how it happens. That's how you end up turning your ears to fables. People would rather endure the fact that all religions lead to God instead of believing that there's only one way and that's through Jesus Christ. People would rather believe that God, at the end, when we come to uh, the judgment day, that there's no hell, you know, there's no hell, there's no eternal torment, there's no eternal judgment. God will judge a person that doesn't believe and you'll just be simply, you know, gone. Like you did when you, before you were born. You, you, you didn't exist. And so the same thing happens, there's, you know, there's no eternal punishment. There's no eternal punishment. There's no eternal punishment. And this is who says that. The majority of Christian cults say that that undermine God's word and his holiness and his righteousness. And I'm telling you right now, I believe what the Bible says, that one person rejects Jesus Christ at the end of the road, listen, uh, he will cast them in the lake of fire and the smoke of their torment will be upcoming every day forever and ever. Not only Lucifer and the, and the Antichrist and the beast, but anybody that want to follow his pernicious ways. And you can hark your head up and say to God, how dare you be a ah, just unloving God. All you want. God's already demonstrated his love and it was on Calvary. Doesn't have to prove to you anything. But when, they, that, when, they, when that day comes, he's not going to be a lamb that was slain. He's going to be the Lion of Judah. And rightly so. You know why? Because he's God. You say, how are you going to endure your loved ones, Charlie, that ended up in hell? Can you endure? You can go by your fuzzy feelings all you want. I'm going by truth. Uh, and you know what the truth is? They rejected God. God never rejected them. He embraces, come unto me, I love you. Take my hand. I will never cast you out. But the truth is, they didn't want to come. They want to rather follow Lucifer. 
So I'm not going to believe. You know what? The, the, the peace and the joy and, and, and the, the peace that I get is the fact of this, that God is righteous and he will deal righteously with everybody. Would I be sad? Yes. Don't you think God is sad? He has no pleasure at the death of the wife. No pleasure. But when his holiness is in, 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 in rule, and when his holiness is demonstrated, that's what it looks like. I'm not going to believe the fable, there's no hell. It's a fable, there is a hell. And that's why Jesus suffered and died upon the cross. So you don't have to go there. That you can repent and trust him. A preacher once said, once people leave the word of God, they often then embrace fantastic fantasies. When a man rejects God's truth, it isn't that he believes in nothing, he believes in anything. That's what happens. Truth becomes subjective. Hey, brother, what you believe is truth for you, and it's true. And what I believe is truth for me. We're all true, no matter what it is. <laughs> really? Yeah, Hitler's true. You know, it's all right to terminate uh, Jews, to cleanse our society. It's okay what Hitler did. He's, he was true in that day, and you can be true in your day. Everybody can be true. They're true. No, truth is absolute. There's one truth. That's the truth of the matter. Amen? It's not subjective. And you see this rippled in university campuses, liberal churches, everywhere you go. Everyone is embracing their own truth. Again, this is history repeating itself. Go to Isaiah 30. I want you to see something there. Isaiah chapter number 30. And look at verse 8 in your Bibles, please. Isaiah 30, and look at verse 8. Now go, write it before them in a table, and note it in a book, that it may be for the time to come forever and ever, that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers or the prophets, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things. Speak unto us smooth things, and prophesy what? Deceit. That's what they wanted. And you know what? The seers or the prophets didn't mind doing it as long as they were paid. And that's what we have today. They're happy to tell you what you want to hear as long as you keep the offering box still going. Come on now. As long as you uh, fund my lavish living. Yeah, as long as you continue to promote me and send and share and like, I will continue to tell you what you want to hear. No problem. And you had Isaiah the dropkick going against the current culture saying, thus saith the Lord. God had every prophet in every wicked generation thundering, thus saith the Lord, against these false teachers. You say, isn't that a losing battle if people want to hear error? No, it's not. Because there's people that may be around that culture that are the remnant that want to hear his voice and get repent and get right with God. Not a blessing when you see that happen. I love it. I love seeing one snatched from the hand of the devil and from the fire. Some have compassion making a difference. I love it. I love it. I love ones when seeing one person come and see the error of the culture and turn to God and say he is God. 
Jeremiah had the problem in his day. Jeremiah 5 verse 30, a, a wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely and the priests bear rule by their means. Look at this, look at this. And my people love to have it what? Wow! I love it. They love the lies. They're the ones begging, begging. Bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. And you go out and you tell them about the truth and you tell them repent and you tell them and they look at you with these daggers. I'm not talking just about unsaved people. I'm talking about people that are rippled through the charismatic movement. They look at you. You know why? Because you're undoing everything that the false teacher was trying to build in their life to support their sin. Jeremiah 23, look at verse 14. I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem a horrible thing. What happened? What's the horrible thing? They commit adultery. They walk in lies. Look at this. They strengthen also the hands of who? Wow. Instead of rebuking them and telling them that's wrong, fornication is wrong, division is wrong, tearing up God's people apart is wrong, blaspheming is wrong, lying is wrong. Look at this. They strengthen their hands. I tell you. And that none do return from his wickedness. They are all of them unto me as what? Sodom and the inhabitants of them of what? They're just as bad as Sodom and Gomorrah. They're no different. And that's heavy. You call me a Sodomite? Well, you're rebellious. It's, you know, it's the same stench as the Sodomite. It's just manifested in a different way. That's why I believe Sodomites can also repent and trust the Lord as their saviour. Amen? Now, turn their ears unto fables. Turn your ears from the truth proves that there's a great indifference to the truth. They turn it from the truth to fables. They turn it from the truth to fables. They not only reject the truth, but they freely and comfortably embrace the lies Look at with a passion. And you say, how did that person end up where they are? How did they become like this? Look, listen, it's found in our text. They're blinded by their lust and their sin. Verse 3, for the time will come, they would not endure sound doctrine, but after their what? After their what? You're with me? After their lusts. And I say it before and I say it again. People love their sin more than God, the truth, and Christ. That's why they embrace lies and false teachers. Because it's a sin, lustful problem. It's a self-love problem. They love themselves. They're God on earth. You shall be as gods. Yes, Lucifer. Yes, they don't say his name. They live it and they follow it. That's what they want. They want to be God on earth. They love themselves. Uh, we go back to chapter 3. This we know that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. If you go and believe lies and go to false teachers... They're, they're the best ones to help you maintain love for self. They're the best to live your best life now and the prosperity gospel and all the rest of it and build your kingdom on earth. 
and, uh, and they're lovers of pleasures more than lovers of, of God. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Jesus said to the people in his day that rejected the truth, even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto me, but within you are full of hypocrisy and what? Iniquity. We, these, are, these are people that claim to have righteousness. Love the law. Follow the law. In closing, what was the solemn solution that Paul gives Timothy? Well, number one, it's found in verse 14 of chapter number three. He's continued to grow and obey the Bible. He says, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, that's been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Continue in the word of God. Continue in the scriptures that was able to make thee wise on the salvation. Number two, in uh, Tim 2 Timothy 4 verse 2, continue, Timothy, to preach the word. Preach the Bible. That's, this is the solution. Timothy, this is our culture. These are the people. These are the false prophets. These are the ones that love themselves. What should you do, Timothy? Will you continue in the Bible and you preach the Bible? Preach the word. Be instant, in season and out. Look at this. Reprove, rebuke, exalt with all long suffering. Be patient and doctrine, Bible truth, Bible teaching. Wholesome, sound doctrine. Truth. Preach the truth. And reproof means uh, to simply help someone to see their errors, reproving them of their error. Rebuking them has a solemn warning that if you don't do this, this will happen to you. Exhort, encourage. Come on, man. You want to be a statistic? Come on, brother. Embrace the truth. Get alongside. Come on. Get on the winning side, why don't you? Yeah, we, 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 look, listen, any preacher of righteousness never preaches to expose errors for the sake of destroying people, but that they repent. They get right with God. They turn from their wicked ways and turn to God. Every watchman, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, was all for the cause that God's people will turn. Come back to God. That's all. And when they do, praise God. With all long suffering, be patient. Be patient. Keep preaching with patience. Keep preaching, keep praying. Hey, but practice, Timothy. Not only preach, but practice what you preach. And we see in verse 5, but watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, and make proof, full proof of the ministry. You practice what you preach, Timothy. Endure affliction. It's not going to be easy. Living in this current culture, it's not easy. It's, it's difficult. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Everybody's looking for the easy way out. The easier, there's no such thing. Conforming to lies and giving ears to fables does more damage to you than embracing the truth. You may lose some things by embracing the truth, but my friend, I'll tell you something, the loss of rebellion is greater. I'm not telling you when you embrace the truth, you're not going to lose something. You might even lose your life, your, your reputation. But it's only a pattern of what Jesus went through. He made himself of no reputation. He submitted under the will of God, did the very thing that God wanted him to do. So did Paul. Well, notice the motivation which Paul encourages Timothy to be a faithful uh, uh, to the Bible truth. He, he says in verse 1, 
Be faithful to the truth and the light of the second coming of Christ. Look at this. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and kingdom. I charge thee, Timothy. This is a charge. You know why he's saying this to Timothy? Because at any time, Timothy also, as a believer, can be going with the current culture. Do nothing. He may not go and uh, embrace himself to these lies, but he could just be relaxed, not even preaching, doing anything, intimidated by the culture. Uh, when Jesus returns, he will judge the world in righteousness. Timothy, he will judge the, the dead, he will judge the quick and the dead, he will even judge, look, uh, your service will be in account. Listen, we'll never be judged for our sin, brethren, but we'll be judged for our service. Look at verse 7 to 8. Be faithful to the truth by looking and loving the Lord. Paul said, I fought a good fight. You know, in, in chapter 3, we see a contrast. Remember, he says to Timothy, that he's got a form of godliness, all these people. But you know my manner of life. You know my conduct and all the things that I... And over here, he's encouraging Timothy with the same thing. You know my lifestyle, but you also know, look, listen, I finished my call. I fought a good fight. I did everything that God called me to do. I kept the faith. I didn't compromise. And then he goes on the same verse. Eight, Henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness with the Lord, uh, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall, shall give me in that day, and not to me only, listen, but to all them also that what? Love his appearing. And by the way, let me just say, you cannot have this attitude. If you haven't believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, the truth, and walk in truth. How can you anticipate the coming of the Lord if, you don't, if you're not saved and you're not walking as a saved person? How? You can't. And I would say many people in this right now will say, I'm ready for the Lord's coming. I can't wait till he come. Come, I'm where God wants me to be. And their heart is lifted. Others, I don't think I'm ready. Well, you need to sort that out. Because Jesus, uh, Paul is saying to Timothy, in the light of these things, be faithful. These are your motivation. The coming of the Lord. And listen, it's coming. It's coming. Brethren, you must be grounded in Bible truth. You cannot, you cannot think that you're going to win the battle as a Christian if you don't love the Bible. If you're not in the Bible, love the Bible, obey the Bible, be under good Bible preaching and anticipate it, love it, can't wait for it, knowing that, oh man, put, I know my... I know what's might be coming. There's something for me and it's going to... But that's good. It's not bad. It's good. Brace yourself. God's got a word for you to, to continue to grow and grow. If there's no pruning, there's no growing. Don't be intimidated. Don't despise prophecy. Embrace it. Get under it. Want it. Desire it. If you can't and you're sick, say, hey, where is it? I want to listen to it. Don't want to miss it. Get under the word. He's saying to, to Timothy, preach it. So if he's saying to a preacher, preach it, those that are listening ought to embrace it, amen? Embrace the preaching, love the preaching. As long as it's truth and build, be, be, be built up in the faith. Look what happened to Demas. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath what? Forsaken me, having what? Love this present world. He became a statistic. And listen, brethren, loving this present world doesn't simply mean 
going and fornicating and drinking and you know all the rest of it it could just simply mean i just live a nominal life you know living like the common man out there you can still be a nominal christian moral person doing nothing for god not even sharing christ you know not holding up to the banner of truth you can just go with the flow. Someone, you know, of your family member needs to hear the gospel. You're ashamed to tell them. You're no longer in the ministry. You're not fighting the good fight of faith. You're just blasé. You're just going through the motions, waiting. It could be that Demas had this attitude or even had the attitude that we see the list of these people mentioned in chapter 3 of Timothy 4. But I'll tell you something. The more Bible you have in your heart and you love it and live it, the stronger you'll be as a Christian. You'll be built up. It'll be so hard for you to be broken down and go back to your vomit. So hard, so difficult. Our, our apostate goes completely back to his vomit. Doesn't want anything to do with the truth. But a Christian that's backsliding may have a few licks here and there. It's terrible. Either way, it's disgusting. Isn't it? No, no Bible truth. Love the Word of God. You know, so to these people, so many people, friends, loved ones, internet, they come. Oh, don't you think it's too much? You're too much. Please, I'm not enough. Leave me alone. I'm trying to grow. They're pulling me down. I'm trying to get up. I don't need that. Avoid them. Yeah, these people that are always trying to say things against uh, holy living. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but even when you are swimming you know, in a pool, or maybe you're in the water in a beach or somewhere, and someone doesn't know how to swim, lifts their feet from the ground and realizes they don't know how to swim, so they immediately grab onto you. Have you ever been pulled down? Have you ever been pulled down underwater, even though you can swim because it came so suddenly? If you don't know how to swim, you're finished. You're both going down. You're both going down. But you have an advantage if you know how to swim. And if you're a good swimmer, if you learn how to swim and you know how to keep afloat, you can know how to uh, stay afloat and uphold someone that doesn't know how to swim. But if you don't know how to swim, you're going down with them. Same thing with Bible truth. You don't know your Bible. You don't know, you don't know the Lord. You're not walking with the Lord. You are so easily going down with the current culture. But when you know your Bible, when you know the God of the Bible, and you love the Lord... You can, you can uphold people in this culture that is drifting so rapidly to their destruction. And I'll tell you, there are a majority of people that don't want to be uplifted, but there are those that are in the crowds that want to. And I'm not going to let the majority stop me from going after that one. You know why? Because I, I was that one that someone came to me. I was that one. And I thank God they did. Amen? Build up yourself in the most holy faith. God has given pastors and evangelists and teachers for your building, for the work of the ministry, for your building, for your edification. Not only this, that you may be able to detect the falsehood and the lies of those that wish to deceive you away from those things that are solid and true, from living the crucified life, that you won't be taken, that you would be matured to the very point to walk even as Christ walked. This is what God wants for every one of us. 
And, and brethren, we haven't even scratched the surface. I'm 20 years in the faith, and I'm not even like 10% maybe of where God wants me to be like Christ. Am I in sin? No. No. But I want to be like Christ. I don't just want to put off. I want to put on. Amen? I want to embrace the truth and continue in the things that I have learned. Be assured of. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for what? Reproof. For doctrine. Reproof. I want to continue to be reproved for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man or the woman of God may be uh, thoroughly furnished, perfect, perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I want to be matured. I want to know how to swim in the word of God, to be strong, to uphold those that are drowning in our culture. May God give us the grace.